Storm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Did you know like how I sort of like made my speed really weird there? Um, so you think yes. that your podcast device is broken, weirdly yes. speeding up and slowing down it like an old is. tape deck? The wow and flutter, all that sort of stuff. What? Yeah. Using the technical terms for it. Sure. I believe you. <laughs> so let's jump right into it. Trevor, do you want to tell the fine folks at home, now that our random word generator is up and running again, uh, about a little game called Click Pitch? And Click Pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us on the count of three, two, one click. We're going to click refresh. We're going to get those words. We're going to throw them at each other. We're going to come up with a game design. Then we're going to throw that game design away and come up with a new a new one. Uh, throw it on the floor. Uh, okay, let's do it. Throw it on the ground. Oh, whatever. I'm not a <laughs> quote guy. It's the same thing. <laughs> Apologies to... The Lonely uh, Peninsula. (laughs) (laughs) The Lonely Atoll. (laughs) Let's do it. Three to one click. Yep. Repeating. Trout. Trout? Trout. So like the fish? As in the fish. We've done a fishing game before we might have, but not many. Yes, we've done a few. Okay. Repeating trout. So the only sort of repeating I can think of with fish is where you had bad fish and it repeats on you later on that night. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking you were in some sort of time loop and the way to get out is like catch the perfect trout. (laughs) Or maybe like commune with the trout, you know, spirit fish. Um, learn not to fit, not to kill the trout. So is this Trout Hog Day? Trout Hog Day, uh, or Ground Trout Day? You could, you know, yep, or Groundhog Trout. I don't know, one of those Trout Hog Day. Mm. Uh, um, no, okay, we can we can do something with like uh poisoned or or food poisoning from trout. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I, I've As never like seen this in, adven- in an adventure game before. Mm-hmm. But what if you were, um, say, from the Department of Health and you're you're investigating basically breaches of of these yep. um, of different different restaurants? Yep. But you turn up at this one, and it it appears that it's only select trouts that that have been sort of poisoned and you and you can work out that it was actually like an assassination attempt Ooh. on on say like the president or something like that. Okay. I, I like the idea of a health inspector like kind of point and clicky investigative game. because, uh, you know, it's a bit different from the usual usual sort of just murder investigation stuff. But yeah. there's still yeah. enough there where you can find clues and follow up. So it's like are those rat droppings or Sultanas? <laughs> Let's taste them. Let's taste them. <clears throat> yeah. Totally. Yuck. Definitely uh, sultanas. <laughs> I hate sultanas. Rat droppings. Yeah, I can take or leave. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I like, you know, as as usual in these sorts of games where you're setting the scene and, and meeting the characters that you get a couple of jobs and maybe you've got a partner. Like you treat it like a bit of a cop thing. But you get to go out on just some regular runs and, and you do have to sort of solve or decide, you know, 
if you found enough evidence to you know shut this place down. Um, what I've got in my head is like this noir intro of of this you know sort of guy talking over this black and white intro, and and you know it's like it was my first case in the wild, and I, I hadn't been to, been to this restaurant in a while. And I was like, oh okay, what what's he talking about? And then he slaps like a notice of you know. Uh, the the place has been closed and being given a D by the health department. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, he's just talking about they they call us the thin the, the thin white weeks. line between food poisoning and a nice meal. We are <laughs> the HDI the department, H Health Division of Indiana. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm imagining you know the first couple of things that you come across. You know, they're just typical, typical health code violations that you, you're going through and sort of marking off on a checklist as to, as to what you're actually looking for. So you, you're looking for, is there mold anywhere? Is there, um, you know, clean under, under this place? And- yeah. And I look, I think you make it so that, um, there's a bunch of things they could find and yeah. you, you know, you, you let them ground and, and find as many as they can and decide when they're done and basically say, yes, I found enough or no, I didn't. Uh, so I actually have a bit of a, a systems-based thing in there, even though I think I think we'd go with mostly a narrative um, sort of thing. But, yeah, uh, but the, the idea that, like, one of these early, like, three restaurants I'm picturing, one of them is actually connected to the to the larger story. Mm. Well, and maybe and whether or not you you shut them down, like whether or not you find enough evidence to shut them down can sort of affect things. So uh, just just for full disclosure, I finished yep. Detroit Become Human this week, which I think in the past I've seen been saying beyond human, but anyway. Uh and was just super impressed with with some of the branching stuff they do in that. Oh, that's cool. I haven't played it and I need to play it, but I see that it's coming out on the Epic Game Store so soon, so I may actually just wait for nice. it. Nice. Yeah, it's it's well worth it, actually. Definitely the the best uh Quantic Dream game, I'd say. Okay. Uh that's but a, that's a pretty high bar because they do do some Oh, they do some games. great stuff. But no, I they they did a you know, this isn't a review podcast, but they did a really good job. They they used the medium in, in sort of the best way possible, I feel like. Awesome. But anyway, yeah, like you could maybe do some of that sort of branching stuff where you know, just the decisions that you make that may seem harmless uh, in those first couple of uh, uh, jobs then affect things down the line and, and just nice. slightly change the narrative, you know? So that sounds like it's a good solid eight and a half fingers out of ten. Because <laughs> <laughs> the other one and a half were chopped off when I was cooking fish. <laughs> okay. Um so yeah, I, I I do like using that that sort of branching that branching thing of I've just, you know, been able to sort of determine whether it's closed or open. Um I've been playing through on your recommendation, playing through Life is Strange. Yep. Again. Yep. That's um, also got, got some a, good branching stuff like that. Got a little bit further and yeah, I'm starting to notice that um some of the decisions that I've already made are, have already come back to bite mm. me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's actually quite impressive. Uh, I'd really like to see Sort of some of the um, the game design documents and stuff on how they figure out where and when to change conversations based on which previous uh, decisions made and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So having having that idea of more simply, you know, did you get enough to close this restaurant and now does this um, owner have a grudge against you, mm. or did you not close it down and therefore like they're getting away with? That's it. Then they didn't. Then you didn't do your job, right? <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, and, and maybe, you know, your partner had noticed and, and well, and even then that could be another branching thing. Like what's your relationship like with your partner? Would they turn you in mm-hmm. for doing a bad job? Um, so you could have a few different things and obviously you don't want to branch too heavily because you end up with so many permutations, but there can definitely be some interesting, uh, interesting decisions that can be made there. And then, so let's, let's sort of go on to the overall plot. Yep. So maybe, so you're saying basically there's like, Perhaps a high class restaurant that's known for its fish. Um, yeah. and so, yes, yeah, someone important was eating there and died afterwards of severe food poisoning or so they thought. Yeah. So and they have to call in the HDI. When they actually do, like when you do your investigation, you find out that it's like, you know, the, uh, the poison from the blowfish. And you remember going back through going that there was no blowfish served mm. at that restaurant. Mm. But maybe there was blowfish served at one of the previous restaurants. Right. You, yeah. So you can get that uh, like close, some suspects so get, or something. Yeah. You know, they'd know how to extract it. And may- maybe it's not even, you know, that far out there. It's more the fact that there's on the menu, it was like they had this, you know, advertisement for, for the amazing chef that they've got in. Right. Who can actually serve up this, yeah. this special dish. You have to is, just make them make connections and stuff. Yeah. I love the idea of a health inspectors having to do an autopsy, <laughs> but just treating it like but a health inspection. No, I was thinking def- like literally on the body, but just like uh, it's a bit moldy under here. And uh, I see you haven't, uh, he obviously hasn't cleaned back here for a while. Did you, I see have some you had stuck between the teeth. I'm, teeth, I'm going to give that a, <laughs> a C grade. Uh, has this tool been certified for uh, for serving human? <laughs> Fuck, good. there's a good joke there, but I fucked it up. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I really do like the idea that you know it can go into this bit of a conspiracy of that this was actually an assassination attempt on yeah. either the president or, or like someone, a senator you know, or something, you know, a like senator someone, or something, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and. It was expected that, you know, the senator was actually supposed to be dining at this establishment tonight. It could actually be that, you know, they were they were originally due to dine at this other restaurant that you closed at the start. Mm, mm. And so it was moved to this one. And Yeah, well, I like the idea of, and, and it's kind of a typical thing, but like as the health inspector, you're uncovering all these clues and the cops are just like, Come on, just let us do our fucking job. Um, but it's that, you know, it's that classic thing of, oh, but we know more than the cops and you figure it all out, you know, via your health inspection skills <laughs> and tools. Where it could actually go, um, a little bit interesting is that you go and compare notes with the cops and like, yeah, yeah, we figured this out a while ago. We're, we're investigating this guy. <laughs> <up here." laughs> and you find out that they just way ahead of you because you're actually not an investigator. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I would kind of like to see a, a game where, you know, your character doesn't know everything, mm. but, in, but instead is a little bit, little behind the eight ball, but you're still, you're in it for the, for the, um, action pack story. Yeah. And look, and depending on how actually serious you want to make that, you could bring that in as a bit of a, uh, a character turning point where you've spent the first two acts of this game, like gathering all this evidence and, and investigating this, and then you go to the cops, and they're just like, "What are you doing?" And then it's just like the character totally questions themselves. But then, of course, in the third act, they actually find a key piece of evidence and do break yep. the case. Yeah, and that that'd um, you know, be 
quite good in a narrative sense. Yeah, I think so. That's cool. That is cool. All right, let's do another. We shall click again. Three, two, one, click. Commendation. Denial. Ooh. Here I was thinking that I was being commended for something and then it just got... Denied. Denied. I'm seeing like this big rubber rubber stamp, you know, one of the big red rubber stamps that has denied this mm, mm. right across this commendation. All right, well, let's think about, because we, as we tend to fall into, we, we've done a lot of narrative stuff. Yeah. Um, let's think about something a bit more gameplay focused mm-hmm. where I like the big rubber stamp. It does drive me towards VR just because the uh, the physicality of being able to mm-hmm. use a big rubber stamp to deny things is cool. Yes. Trevor, take me away from the papers, please direction I'm going in. <laughs> 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 because I feel like a, I feel like a VR papers, please style thing where you're approving like commendations and other things and getting to just use your big rubber stamp would be really fun, but maybe not interesting enough. Yeah. Um, Oh, damn it. My my mind is going back in time, back to one of the first games that we ever talked about, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure was uh, Victoria Knowledge. Oh, God, now, yes. She she had her, her big rubber stamp that she um, was, like, killing was, people with. Yeah, was that a big light <laughs> stamp or something? Yeah, like, I can't remember quite uh, quite what it was, but yep. I, I'm, I'm picturing, like, a, a VR... Sort of, sort of game where you're not necessarily investigating as such, but you're you're maybe an assistant to someone who's been mm. denying a lot of the uh, commendations. Yeah. Okay. Look, I like the idea of going back to the 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 world of Victorian knowledge. At least, maybe this yep. is a a sequel or another game set in that world, and you work in the library department. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so maybe there's even. Whether it revolves around Victoria knowledge and her her behaviour, maybe you're denying her commendation as a library enforcer, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that's just a bit of an Easter egg that that her name turns up. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of like the idea then. And you know, this is going back to a, I guess a more narrative place, but let's run with it of being yeah being the assistant of like the library commissioner and. And having papers come across your desk that you then sort of have to know whether you're supposed to stamp them with the denial stamp or the approved stamp or, you know, and, and, the, and in the meantime, you're reading them and you're finding out things that are happening and, you know, telling a bit of a story that way. Yeah, I, I'm I'm starting to remember that um, Victoria Knowledge really didn't like books being late back. Yeah. And so she went out to, to basically stop books from being late. So if they were even a day over overdue, then she'd go and well, like, that's it. I think with, maybe people. I think maybe she's been put up for a commendation for having literally like bringing the number of late books down to zero for the entire year, but yep. it ends up being denied because in the process of doing so, she left the library completely unattended and half the books were stolen and destroyed. Uh, <laughs> destroyed in a mysterious fire because <laughs> she's just so single-minded um, around books being late she just completely like ignored the rest of it so maybe Vic- victoria knowledge comes you know it, maybe she she comes to like first you know when she's nominated for it or whatever and then when she's denied for it she comes to kind of appeal that in some ways and and yep. maybe you are on her side as the 
as the assistant and, and you're trying to sort of pull strings a bit or figure out ways that, you know, you shred the right document or, you know, connect the right people via, via a conference call when they're not supposed to be or something to, you know, basically, you know, using your little machinations as, as an assistant to this library commissioner to, to pull these strings. Yeah. And to actually, um, realize that you hold the power. Yeah. So you, you basically hold the power to see whether someone gets commended or not and, and gets raises and. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think, yeah, maybe you make this Victorian knowledge commendation the main kind of goal. But yeah, yep. like to learn how to manipulate people in that way is through a bunch of other either commendations or just other decisions, um, that come across the desk of the assistant to the library commissioner. Yep. What I was thinking is, like, later on in the later stages of the game, that you can actually have some of the people that you've you've denied um, start harassing you and yeah. you know, causing causing a few issues. Yeah, look, and I think, and again, that puts you in, in an interesting position because technically you didn't deny them. The commissioner denied them. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, you're- But they've realised that you've got the power and therefore you're, you're actually responsible for- Right, perhaps thing. there's a bit of that, and yeah, you can put, you can definitely put some, add some tension into it of, you know, because you can see them if you're looking in the right direction, uh, you know, coming down the corridor. You know, maybe your office is one of those, you know, glass walled sort of things, and so you get a bit of a heads up when people are heading towards you, and and sort of, yeah, that that's just going to build that tension. It's like, oh shit, how am I going to deal with this? Like, what's going? This person's yep. back. I denied them. They seem angry. You know, do some good animation to really sell that. Yeah, there's some, there are some cool things you could do there. And look, yeah, I think we have gone a bit of a papers please route on this in, in a way, but I like the addition of that it's a bit more proactive around you've got a goal. And again, maybe it could be sort of one of multiple ways, depending on the outcome you mm-hmm. decide is best, but you've got these tools at your dis- um, disposal, like, yeah, like, You've got your Rolodex, so if you make this call and then connect it to someone else, like you can basically force a conversation between people, and that you know that sort of shifts uh, a decision in a certain direction, or yeah, make yep. making sure a certain piece of paper does or doesn't get you know onto the people person it's supposed to go to. There's some cool stuff yep. there. It's kind of funny that we've been able to connect it to one of our original games. That I we think that was episode one. With. It was yeah, <laughs> literally episode one. Uh, One hundred and thirty-seven. Episodes later, and uh, we're back, back in the oh, world. It's not even episode one. It was like it was. Oh, was it one of the like the one point five? Yeah, <laughs> it's one of the classic click pictures. So it's it's even further back. It's like three years ago. Wow, or th- three and a bit years ago that we talked about that. Well, everyone's so. forgotten, so we can all we can go back to that world now and just redo all our old games. It's like we, we sometimes we do our. Our segment of, uh, you know, making new versions of, of old games. Now they can be our games. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Three to one click. Yeah. Eel. Interweave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why am I getting a, a picture of like, of like a, a skirt or something that's been like got, Eels we, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> well, I, I went in like a demigod way because there's. Uh, it made me think of Maui from Moana because I think there's a there's a bit in his song about an eel, but just like those god kind of um, 
myth, the myths about the gods are always around them, like doing something with an animal and turning it into some weapon or something, or yeah, some armor. Or, like they grabbed, you know, a, a fifty thousand eels and and wove them into into electrical armor or something. <laughs> Oh god. Um <laughs> am am I getting a feeling of of like chainmail sort of stuff? Yeah, well that's sort of like interlinked <laughs> chains and that sort of stuff that That's kind um, of what I was thinking. But- Eel is just one of the, one of the different power-ups that you can get. It it protects against, you know, electric damage and all that sort of stuff. But then you've got like um rattlesnakes that um because of because of like the rattle that they've actually got it maybe protects you against like force damage or something like that. All right, so are we talking about an RPG where every um, every piece of armor and every weapon and and it is all based around like a, a particular type of animal? Yeah. Um, so just in this world, they will. It doesn't use- necessarily have to be interwoven. No, um, no, no. You know, eels, but it's more the fact that it's it's taking characteristics. It's of the, taking of characteristics the, from animals. Um, like everything is based around the animal that it comes from, um, and so you can do things then, like have matching. You know, you've always got your matching sets that give you bonuses or whatever because you've got, yep. you know, the saber tooth tiger um, hat and cloak and boots and belt and <laughs> scarf and gloves. <laughs> And go overboard with like a neck spot, a wrist spot, a um around the ankle. Upper spot. arm slot. A lower arm slot. Yeah. <laughs> Have well, you maybe got the it is about tiger maybe- cup? No, you don't. <laughs> You've now unlocked the, the groin slot. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this is about maybe there's some sort of mythology in this world around Take yeah, like they sort of they in a weird way worship these animals because they give them powers basically, like they give them strength or or dexterity or whatever you know, and it's sort of imbued from the skin and guts and bits of these animals that they that they turn into into clothes and armor and weapons. But maybe there's like a goal of if you. You know, if you do it right, if you use every part of the animal and 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 have every part of them, you will like become that animal or something, or you will you will have the true essence of that animal um, <laughs> in some way. Whether that's the main story or whether that's just an aspect of this world and it's kind of an RPG, but you know, one of the possibilities is yeah, you collect literally every piece of armor for a particular animal and now you've got like extreme powers but then you find out that even though this is part of the saber-toothed tiger set this one isn't from the same saber-toothed tiger that your hat and and armor and everything else is from so So therefore you don't quite get the (laughs) you've got you've got a second edition version it's like oh damn Um, maybe like maybe knockoff. this is a world where there was only one of every type of animal, and they just killed them all and turned them into clothes. Uh, oh god! It's the extin- extinction simulator RPG three thousand. Oh god! 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of that's an interesting gameplay mechanic. I'm not sure how deep into the lore uh, we want to go and, and create a narrative or anything, but it's it's kind of a fun idea. And yeah, it is electric Just, powered and- eel woven armor. <laughs> that's basically the joke. <laughs> I I actually think it's kind of funny that we we started going um, through different armor slots and all that sort of stuff just from, like, eel and interweave. No. It's the game. It's the name of the game. game. (laughs) All right. Three, two, one. Okay, three, two, one, click. Yeah. Dietary. Distraction. Ooh. (sighs) I see this as sort of like a a diet game in which you've, um, maybe it's VR and- you're trying to, you're trying to keep your mind off, off of, okay, I'm picturing that you're working in a sugar factory or, or like a, a candy factory. Okay. And you gotta, you've gotta try and keep your mind off, you know, all the sugar that's, that's coming down. Um, well, so, yeah, but pretty much what, what actually, what actually happens is, you know, you're, you're, um, you've got a, like a little meter that keeps on going up and up and up and up. And when it gets to a certain point, then, you have to eat candy to to be able to actually stay awake, sort of thing. <laughs> um, okay, I'm just trying to think of the gameplay and how you measure that in in different ways. So, interestingly, my mind went to like more of a puzzle based thing, um, almost like a match three kind of thing where you're having to avoid the I think sweets. That's called Candy Crush. Well, no, no, no. I know, but this <laughs> is about like you don't want to match the sweets, but you do want to match the healthy food. Yeah, but then I got bored so, in my own okay, head. okay, okay. In in this new this new edition of Candy Crush, say you've got um, green candies and green apples, and then you got orange right, candies okay. and oranges. Yep, and then you got purple candies and you got like grapes. grapes. Yep. So what I'm sort of picturing in my head is that you want to try and match the um the colors. The, the colours of, of, you know, getting the three grapes. And if you get the three grapes and they're also touching like a candy, yep. you know, it can help eliminate some of the candies. But if you match the three candies, then basically it it poisons the fruits sort of things. And turns well, I into, think it could be interesting to candy. have those different aspects and just measure based on how many of each you match almost. I guess you would have to have a way to eliminate yep. the candies, otherwise you're just going to have all the candies left. But that it's it's... <laughs> you could always use it as like an educational thing because you shouldn't create the balanced diet, right? So you have to match the fruits with the candies each time. If you have all all fruits, then you like get bored, and if you have all candies, then you get sick. But if you at least yeah, like even them out, then you're okay. But you would have to have ways to eliminate one or the other so that you're not. Oh yeah, what what I was thinking is you know if if you had three uh, three green apples in a row, but it was also touching like seven other green green um, candies. Yeah, like it just happened to be separated out. It would destroy all those candies, but it would be um, because you match the apples. It sort of turns them all into into oh okay so apples you, and and basically gets rid of the green candies. So, so that you, you don't, don't actually match them anymore. Okay, so it's not about just that you can match any of the colors, and that will make a match. It's that you have to match the fruit, but that will yeah. Out, but it, like, it, it will it will balance out the um the the coloured candy of that type. But if you match like match three candies, then it then it does the opposite. It it completely obliterates the um the fruit that you had attached to it. Mm. And I feel like that's something I'd have to play test and figure out. Like I can't quite picture 
how that yep. gameplay loop would work well in my head. Um, but because you said VR, I was thinking of a VR match three and that that would be interesting. <laughs> Actually, it's physically- not only VR match three, but it's 3D match three. Yeah, that's well. <laughs> all right. All right. Coming back to the Let's- Jurassic Park, <laughs> that ju- Jurassic Park gooey that we. We were talking about like two no, weeks no, ago. No, no, no. Okay, let's take this into a different direction. When we're combining these two ideas, yeah, this is a world where if you put three of something or more of something next to each other, they disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing like seeing this, um, seeing this, you know, this kid, you know, stocking shelves and not realizing, you know, that when he's facing up. You know, we can't have three three chips on the same level. <laughs> he faces up and the chips just disappear and he does it again. Yes, yes. No, that's perfect. <laughs> it, it's it's the match three world. It's a Candy Crush world. Um, we license yep. it to get that. But what's happened is everyone's realized that they don't get to eat this candy when they put three or more of them next to each other because they just disappear. And so they're having to offset it with fruit. And so yep. it's about like having to arrange in a 3D space as much candy and fruit as you can without having okay. them disappear. Um, or because you you, if you're going to make something disappear, then you're going to make candy disappear. So you're a dietitian, and you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's just about. I think it's just different. about balance. Yeah, maybe, but I think literally three of anything or more. And it's not just candy. <laughs> I'm just imagining like this this guy stocking fruit and he, he pulls out like the box and three apples happen to go together. He goes, oh, crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. He's disappeared. Put, you're having to like, like lay out these patterns where there's no more than, than two of something. Putting a pyramid of apples together and like some kid comes along and just puts, you know, three green ones together down the bottom of the pyramid and the whole pyramid and the whole thing falls down. down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love the I idea love of a world idea. where you have to be so careful about just where you place things down. And yeah, particularly something like stocking a supermarket. <laughs> oh, no. And I think that's what oh, you do. Shit. I think you do just make it a supermarket supermarket stocking challenge. And like it might be cans of stuff. It might be fruit. It might be, you know, loaves of bread or something or, lo- or different types of... I mean, you'd obviously have to make them distinct enough that you can tell... Um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can't just have, oh, you put three wholemeal without a rye in between, um, cause that might make it a bit tricky, <laughs> but, uh, I guess you could, I guess you could make the, the, the packaging different colors or something. And then, and then it's just about the fun physics. Um, yep. yeah. um, I, I've got to say it was a sad day that they, they realized that this happened because all the triplets in the world that were having photos just all of a sudden disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's scientists like studying the effects of similarity and and like what is it that defines how similar something is that if you put three of them together they they disappear like if if you and two of your friends all wear the same shirt like do you just disappear or uh, does your shirt disappear does your shirt disappear <laughs> yeah, yes exactly <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm imagining this this uh, thing where three people turn up to a party in the same outfit, and the outfit and just then they're all suddenly naked. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's some fun you could have with that 
idea. <laughs> oh, but, God. but you could, you could, there's a bit of a parable there around like not being the same. Um, because now people are noticing, you know, everyone has to be unique and different in their own way. Um, yeah. so that you don't get three people together who are too similar. <laughs> um, it, it just, it really makes for, um, some unusual uniforms at all these different shops because they can't all be the same. Otherwise they, you know, people keep on uh, getting charged with indecent exposure when, like staff photos and school photos happened and yeah 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 well uh, you know on the day that this happened like every every cop fireman <laughs> nurse uh we're all naked all of a sudden it was it was a disaster it was very embarrassing for for anyone you know uniformed <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh no the real tragedy was like one of those stunt aerial shows where, oh, you know, three, <laughs> three airplanes were going, you know, doing this stunt spectacular and yep. got it, got into formation. Got into and formation bang, and disappeared. Like, and then the, the pilots were the just, the pilots were just, you know, falling. flying through the air just on this, just on, on like their, their uh, seat. Luckily the parachutes did deploy, but it was kind of scary for a little bit. Yeah. Unfortunately though, they hadn't varied the parachutes. And so. Um, when then the, the pilots like all went into aerial formation themselves as they were falling, the parachutes disappeared. <laughs> as did their clothes. Oh, good. Uh, uh <laughs> shit. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well done. Uh, I like that world. Quick. I feel like that's one we should yeah. come back to at some point. But yes, three, two, one, quick. Perpetrator. Froth. Froth. Oh, okay. Oh, I feel like we've got a lot of VR games this this time, but I feel like you have to be like a barista, um, just so you can have VR like coffee pouring pick decoration stuff. Okay, yeah, I do like that. Yeah, um, I really but do then, like that. Oh, maybe it's a maybe it's a cross between a barista and American Vandal, and it's like who keeps making lattes with a dick on them. <laughs> 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 God. I don't know what the gameplay is, but I just like the idea. Um, <laughs> this one isn't the same. It's got five bowl heads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this one's uncircumcised. It's actually very impressive. There's not that much detail in there. <laughs> oh, God. No, but I do like... I do like... That'd actually be a really interesting... Like having to do the sort of the fluid sim stuff effectively to be able to make those decorations on yep. on the top of a of a coffee uh, with the froth and stuff, and then like you know you got little hot chocolate templates that you can put over the top to spread and then you sprinkle it on. And yeah, I'm thinking the majority of things are, are like templates because actually doing it. Um, you know, without having the legitimate thing there, but getting the leaf and that sort of stuff in the in the froth would be fine. It's just the yeah. chocolate templates on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are some different tricks they can do to make like hearts and leaves and whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, and VR games tend to work well for this sort of thing where you're just someone standing in place and and having to learn and do different tasks. Yep. Do we then build a story around this? Like, is there? There's got to be a perpetrator, right? So. Of what are we going with the dick? <laughs> the dick Either the dick or someone keeps burning the milk because that's <laughs> right. So 
I, I'm just picturing that you turn around and you turn back and like the thermometer's gone. So, so you now have to, have to rely on, on, you know, feeling to actually tell whether the milk is, is hot enough or Haptics. not. Haptics. Haptics <laughs> in a meter. Your, your hand gets redder. Oh my God. <laughs> it's too hot. Do you also get to choose what names? Like people tell you their names and you have to write them with the appropriate amount of error. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I think having a pen and actually having to try and write. Yeah. Would be, um, would be quite interesting. The whole barista experience. Yeah. Like, basically, basically, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think of how we can mix that up and put a bit of, uh, a bit of excitement in there and not just have it, you know, I mean, obviously it's a bit of, Job simulator esque kind of kind of activity, uh, which can be fun in VR, but yeah, I'm I'm sort of thinking about what else you could actually do. We actually do. Do we I, have a I, bit of a I love story have a happening? Feeling no. I what I was actually going for is a little bit of supernatural stuff. Ooh, okay. So it turns out that the per- the first barista was a follower of Thoth. <laughs> so <laughs> you know Thoth from the tarot. And you know, so they kind called of this. Looking it up, I, d- I know the name. All right, Egyptian god of writing, magic, wisdom, and the moon. Okay, yeah. I and the Thoth Tarot is a div- divinatory tarot deck, uh, according to instructions from Alistair Crowley. So I kind of like <laughs> okay. the idea that it's coming back to you know, sort of like something a little bit supernatural in the way that um, you know, this froth is actually you know a ceremony to. Um, to the god of Thoth. They just misheard. <laughs> yeah. Or, or no, it was, it was purposely recalled this. But I, I like the idea that as you, as you close in on like in this, in the game, it's like the 50th coffee that you make, but it's actually, you know, it's the, it's like the like 6 billion, 666, um, <laughs> million, 600, you know, it goes <laughs> all the way down. Yeah. It's like, that's the coffee that, that you're making and shit just, breaks loose and right you like like summon something yeah kind of like kind of like a a destroyer or or a traveler kind of like in in ghostbusters it's like a huge yeah coffee man instead of the marshmallow man (laughs) oh well i I like the idea that this actually happens early on and then most of the game is you having to use your coffee skills to defeat them in some way like this isn't the finale this is the beginning uh, yeah, you get a this, few this levels like of the first, just- uh, this is the first, um, first part of like a three part series. So the, the first part is, yep, this is the, f- this is the free part that we give out. You know, it's a coffee making simulator. Right. And the then right the at the end of that, you summon a fucking coffee demon <laughs> <laughs> with like a bean for a head. <laughs> I am Gloria Jean. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh jesus christ and then and then so how are you like so then there's a bit of of kind of like magical incantation stuff where you need you're you're like making as you pour the milk into lattes you're making pentagrams and different shapes (laughs) to have to counter you know certain spell you're basically casting spells through coffee and then do you just like throw them at things yeah, I'm, I'm picturing like the, the second, you know, the second, um, episode in this, in this game is where, you know, the mystical powers of, of the barista is bestowed upon you and, yeah. And like the chocolate stuff that you put on top of, of cappuccinos and that sort of stuff is, 
is, you know, this this special powder that can actually um, well, well, banish no. the demons. And- I mean, but I like the idea that you still have to be making coffees, right? Yeah. And so now it's about recipes and patterns. I kind of like the idea of you being a support character in a way where it's it's sort of combat-based, almost a bit of tower defense-ish sort of thing, uh, but, yep. you know, obviously still in VR, but you, you've you got people fighting off these forces of, of, of I don't know, coffee hell, um, and what you're doing is casting the correct spells, as it were, to do things like throw up a barrier or create an explosion that, like, takes out a bunch of them or, you know, like, <laughs> buff buff your own people and this sort of thing. And, and you learn different recipes as you go and you have to, you know, you've got a little recipe book, but, like, they take a bit of time to make, right? Like, every time you have to, like, tank down the coffee and put it in and, like, put the cup under and steam the milk and you've got to do all the stuff to, to make yep. each one. So you really have to make the right decision of... Yeah, All right, I'm going to use of, this once, type of bean. Once you're in there using that particular blend of coffee, you know, you're sort of, you're locked into what spell you're casting. Yeah, exactly. And and then, you know, maybe you've got some variations based on the pattern that you do on top or something. Um, yeah. But that, based on the pattern, based on the heat of the milk, based on. <laughs> yeah, that's like the, just how close to perfect heat is sort of the effectiveness uh, of the spell and, yeah, all these different things. And so you can become the ultimate perfect barista. Casting these fucking arcane coffee spells. <laughs> um, the third act is where things get really batshit crazy. Oh, okay. Um, or the third episode. Yep. Um, is, wh- is where you actually come across, like, your um, manager actually happens to be, like, the reincarnation of Alistair Crowley. Okay. And that's why, you know, it sort of centers on this place and why it's so magical and that sort of stuff. Yep. Like, he's actually... He's... um. Got all the memories from from Alistair Crowley, and is actually the spell book. If you look um, very closely at the back, it turns out that it's actually his spell book, and you find that out of the, like the second act, right? So now you've got to try and come up with a way of actually defeating of these feeding- demons with with a new version of the spells. Oh, okay. You have to like mix it around, mix it up a bit. I'm, I'm thinking that maybe maybe you get like the, the next edition of a barista stuff. Well, I'm thinking like you've actually got like a portable one, a portable barista set that you can actually, you know, make coffee and like turn into grenades on the glo- <laughs> <laughs> Just put the pods in. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Three to one glitter. Yeah, okay. <laughs> glitter vacationing. So, does it go down down the path of you got glitter bombed and you decided instead of dealing with it, you went on a vacation? Or, <laughs> or are you on vacation glitter bombing everyone? <laughs> or are you Jubilee that X Men? No, that's fireworks. She does fireworks, doesn't she? Not glitter. Yeah, glitter based gameplay could be interesting. I like the idea of the particle effects we can put in place. Or there. <laughs> okay. is, is it a a vacation road road trip film based on the film Glitter, starring Mariah Carey? <laughs> <laughs> You will have to uh, explain the plot of the movie to me. I've never seen it. I just remembered that there was a movie called Glitter and it had <laughs> Mariah Carey in it. Okay. <laughs> we could, though. Um, although I do like the idea of, all right, maybe this is like a National Lampoon's vacation style game. Yep. Adventure. Set in the 70s, 
Okay, we go because I think back to gold glitter break. is like yep. you know sort of um, Studio Thirty One or whatever. Studio Fifty Four. Studio Fifty Four. Mm. Well, I'm thinking in this game is Studio Thirty One because that's the I don't want to look stupid. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, in this game, I've decided it's, it's Studio Thirty One. Uh, Fifty Four was like where all the lamers went. Hey, this is the super secret elite. Yep, super super secret club that was. I don't know. Um, they they liked it because it was a prime. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had to work that out in my head to to see whether that was actually true yeah. or not. Yeah. <laughs> At least I'm pretty sure it I is. I think it is. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think you and your family are going on a vacation and, like, what's happened is you were the owner of Studio 31 and oh, okay. decided to go on a vacation. Okay. Because of an unfortunate glitter accident accident that happened. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. So this is more like you are sick of the drug fueled orgies. Yes. And and the world around, you know, being in a super elite nightclub scene. Yep. And now you just want a normal vacation. But what you don't realise is that those drug dealers that were Supplying all your staff with, with oh. all the copious amounts of drugs, they're they're actually chasing after you yeah. now because they're they're chasing the the money that you've accidentally um packed in your you took the wrong you know, suitcase packed in, pack, yeah packed in your suitcase and now you're on the run from from like can, the mob can glitter be the name of a of a drug <laughs> yes um <laughs> it looks like gold glitter yeah yeah but you like I'm melted down that there was it's like then you just like it's like heroin. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. The the unfortunate glitter accident was that you thought that it was like normal glitter and you actually put it into into like a glitter cannon. You fired it out into everyone and everyone overdosed. Oh god. <laughs> Maybe they didn't overdose. That's a bit dark. <laughs> it was it was street worth of one million dollars or something like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is a lot in the seventies. Um, <laughs> one million dollars. <laughs> okay, so yeah, all right. So I like this idea that you are kind of the 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 extroverted, happy-go-lucky owner, front person of this nightclub, and you yep. know that drug use happens, but like you're not actually in that scene. You just love people having fun, music, dancing, sex, like. You're just in it for the good times. Yeah. And and you've sort of got other partners who they're sort of dealing with the shadier side of things and, and making sure. Yeah, you've sure. got like the floor manager who's, yeah, who's always- Yeah, like they're the ones who sort of are of- actually aware of stuff, whereas you're kind of the party manager. Like you just, you, you're the one that everyone knows- yeah, kind of like have you seen the have you seen the TV show Lucifer? No, I haven't, but I've heard it's good. So in in Lucifer, like Lucifer's a club boss, right? But he he spends a lot of his time out there on the floor, uh, but not really doing much work. Yeah, like he's got people around him to do the work, and he just sort of dances. He plays the piano. He does yeah all all the things. He's sort the of, personality around. He's the, you know yeah, entertaining that sells the, crowd the nightclub and, as yep. as you know something special. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And so, but then I think what happens is, yeah, basically he fires off this glitter cannon full of, you know, expensive drugs. Um, shit goes crazy. People get and violent. People start fucking. <laughs> people both start <laughs> fucking and getting violent in different, you know, to different proportions. Um, yep. 
there's all body fluids everywhere from from different orifices. <laughs> uh, and you're like, fuck this at the end of that. And obviously not in that moment, but in the aftermath of it, you're like, all right, I'm leaving. But you little do you realize that, yeah, all the money that was supposed to pay for those drugs is in your bag. And so not only have you wasted yep. the drugs, but you've taken the drug dealer's money. Uh, and then it's like a really, you know, then it's a goofy kind of bumbling. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing that the um that the guys that are coming after you are kind of like the wet bandits in in Home Alone, mm-hmm. and it's more just the um you know series of unfortunate events that keep on happening. That you see these guys following you, but you know stuff that you stuff that you do that gets you through. You know, getting back to the car or something like that also happens to hamper their progress in in getting to you as well. Kind of like by mishaps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a bit of a a Mr. Magoo kind of the jerk sort of thing. Like, you know, someone who isn't really aware of what's going on around them, but things keep going in their favor, you know, through chance and and the stupid things they do. So I wonder whether the character that you actually play in this is, is more a personification of luck itself. So, okay, so you don't actually play the character of of this guy. Oh, but you, I see. You sort of you're like affecting to, things around them. Yeah, oh. you get to you get yeah. to make small little changes yep. um, in the area to to have this thing sort of play out. Well, interestingly, that- and I mean we've we've created this great backstory and stuff here, but you could go in a bit of a like puzzle or or uh, not platformer element, but like you know a series of levels. More where yeah, well, I'm I'm thinking along the lines of the old Sierra game or Dynamics game Goblins. Okay, like, yep, which, yep, yep, which was sort of like yeah, there's there's sort of vignettes of of what's going to happen, and you you sort of have an outcome that you must you must get to yep. as part of this. Yeah, but it's not the it's not the typical point and click kind of thing. It's it's more you've got this one puzzle to solve in some way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and just as you were saying, you know, puzzle game, and it, I sort of just connected the dots into into goblins, and I'm like, yeah, that's actually perfect. Yeah, I like that idea. And maybe you can meet some other people along the way, or you've got people with you. Because one of the big things about goblins was they had different skills, right? Yeah. That you could sort of apply in each level. And so, you know, I don't think you'd make it, because that was very exaggerated. I think this would be a bit more... Bit more realistic, but yeah, I'm just trying to think of the sorts of puzzles you can do and and how you'd kind of set this out because I do like this idea of you've got a scene and you can see over in this area the drug dealers are trying to find a way through and you're over here and you want to get over here and there's like something you know there's a security guard blocking away so it's like how do you kind of utilize everything in this environment to to get through or to if you I guess if you're not playing. The actual character. What I'm yeah. seeing is that when you get to one of these puzzle scenes, you see it play out that the guy is walking across the across the floor after this glitter cannon accident, picks up his bag, but the guys grab him just as he's walking out the door. Yeah. So you immediately know, okay, I need to I need to stop stop this right. guy. Right. Okay. Him. And it's kind of like a um, you know, in the Sherlock Holmes movie where mm-hmm. like he runs through. The things sort of going in his mind. Yep, I'm I'm seeing that there's that sort of power that yep. you can replay the um the scene. Yeah, through there's and a little bit of that actually. How much in, your changes um, have actually made. There's a little bit of that in Detroit Become Human in a sense where you can pre-calculate what you're going to do. 
Yeah. Um, and at, at different steps of the way, you can kind of say, okay, let's try going in this direction. And I'll go, no, you're not going to make that. Like, all right, come back. Let's try this way. But yeah, this would be a bit of a larger option space and you see it play out every time. And then you sort of like, oh, okay, I need to go back and change something here. Um, yeah. And like sometimes you might need to go back further because you need to set something in motion that's going to pay off later. And, and mm-hmm. it's basically about, yeah, it's basically about making each scene then play out in this perfect, almost Rube Goldberg-esque at times uh, sequence that uh, that means luck has just gone this guy's way. Yeah. I like that and a I, lot, actually. That's cool. I, and I, I like the idea that, you know, this can this can just be one story of luck and, you know, this can be a whole... Mm, a series or something, yeah. Yeah, a, a, a whole series or we can come back to this numerous times if we need to. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I like that. That's cool time. because, yeah, you're basically just creating... There's a single or, you know, a, a, a small number of solutions per scene and it's just sort of figuring out you know, and you can probably get through it by brute force in a way, just like, oh, what happens if I try this? I don't think we put any limitations on it because the fun of it is just figuring out, yeah, this this sequence of events that yep. that then when it plays out seems like pure luck, but you've set it all in motion. Oh, that, that's that cool. could actually be really cool. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that working really well. <laughs> that's really fun, um, especially with some good art design and stuff and, and good level design. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing a good... I'm definitely thinking, you know, sort of like the hand-painted backgroundy sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Interesting. The- I was going a bit more 3D just because then you could really play with, and not full yeah, 3D, true. but like- Maybe maybe it's hand-painted textures, so you get that, that nice- Yeah, I do like it being a bit scene. stylistic. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Okay, I reckon we've got time for one right. more. Let's do one more. Motherfucker. Okay. Dumbbell. Elf. Oh, okay. Better than some of the other words that I had. <laughs> uh, okay, so fantasy gym. <laughs> we already did Jim's gym. Jim's uh, gym, was it? I don't remember. Yeah. Gime. Gime. Gime's gym. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, yeah, it seems like it should be something about strength training because dumbbell doesn't really come in anywhere else. Um, Elf does take in somewhat of a fantasy direction. Okay, I'm kind of taking it in a sort of like a reverse hello from the magic tavern where an okay. elf has yep has come from a magical world into our world the mundane and ended world up of Earth. at a sideshow in a circus where you've uh, got like, like the world's man. strongest man mm-hmm. um lifting you know the comical 1000 pound black dumbbell sort of thing yeah as long as we um, stay away from some of the more problematic uh, sideshow oh, yeah i'm, I'm, acts, I'm, but, I'm yeah. thinking it's more um, it's it's like extreme acts of of, of human ability. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't mind the contortionist. I don't yeah. like the idea of a bearded lady, though. Yeah, like, there, exactly. There I, are some issues there. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, strong strong man contortionist. You've got some of the stuff Fish where boy. it's like, yeah, like uh, where it's basically obviously prosthetics, <laughs> but they're just putting <laughs> but like they want they Fish make Fish boy. Look his his name is Gry- Guybrush. Threepwood, and he can hold his breath for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's just uh, it's just guy rushing disguise. He's got some gills, L- literally like sharpied on. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, and so what is this elf's? Does this elf then have some actual supernatural abilities that? But but the only place 
they could find to use them was in um, the sideshow of a circus. Well, I, I'm kind of thinking if you if you think about D and D, like elves live a long time. Yeah. So I'm picturing that maybe you know it's, it's like the never aging. Yeah, they they sort of they go through this whole um this whole life of this circus, mm. and you see different areas throughout throughout time. Like, okay, um, that could be sort of following following the story of of like this family who who had this circus, and yep. you know they were actually part of the sideshow acts as such. And then I don't know, I, I just think it would be a, a yeah. Look, I like the idea kind of, of fun interactive fiction of yeah. Uh, I like the idea of that framing device of having the elf there, you know, with a multi-century lifespan, but they're kind of just living their life in a way in this circus, and and yeah, the story is really about the the sort of the family dramas and things that play out around and in this circus. Yeah. Um, and maybe you don't even tell the player up front that the the you know this elf is an elf. Yep. They're just they're just there as the yeah like the ageless one or something, and you think initially it's just because oh well they're young and whatever, but then you know it skips forward fifty years and they haven't aged, and you're like oh what's going on here? Or the, the, they've aged like five years, and it's yeah. like what that's fifty years, yeah, and it's just a it's a long time to actually yeah. And look, grow. I think um, you reveal I- something about it, you know, relatively early on. Um, you've got like journals and 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 exposition that is. Brought out through through conversations or maybe internal monologues like, of this character. I haven't I haven't actually seen it, but I'm sort of thinking um, along the lines of what they did in True Detective season three. Okay, um, where they had like though. three simultaneous stories going along about three different time periods. Oh, so you can, yeah, 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 yeah. You can have sort of things happening um, with this elf being that being the one sort of yeah, character like that, that leads between yeah. it, but. You the you the sort of character are, are learning things about something that happens back in the past. Yep. But then, like there was like a death that occurred that is somewhat mysterious, and you find out in the, you know fifty years later that it was actually to do with some feud between these two these two families. It was kind of like a Romeo and Juliet situation. Yeah. Or well, or you see in the later time period that oh, this is what they believe happened, and then. You know, you get a scene from the earlier time period where you get to see it actually play out and see, you know, how people are wrong. And I mean, I don't think this is a, this is obviously not a time travel thing. It's just seeing, seeing these things happen at different times. And so I guess you'd have to figure out why this person wouldn't correct them later on. But (laughs) yeah, what, what I almost want to see though is the furthest time period on the government actually sort of turns up, you know, sort of like the, the men in black sort of, Sort of thing. They work out that this sideshow act is actually, you know, otherworldly, and yeah. they're, they're trying to investigate. Yeah. So just the idea of showing showing that there's some some urgency in in the far future, something that maybe you set up in the past that can actually help you in the, in the future. But of right, course, yeah, yeah, you the player sort of knows what's coming. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you do that in the right so way, you, can- you show the player at the right time. You know, the right. Um, flashback, basically. Um, yep. Then you sort of you you've given them hints then of of how in their future to to deal with that. Yeah, yeah I like that. I'm I'm kind of looking at it kind of like a a day of the tentacle sort of thing where you can where you can send something from the past to the future, um, but you can't go obviously the other way. Yeah. But you know, it just so happens that this key happens to fall behind this 
this yeah um, and so uh, yeah as the player you, you, like you bench can, or something you like can that. play it off as oh well now that you've seen that flashback you've you know where it is in the future but of course the gameplay has you actually place it there as well so you, there's a puzzle yep. aspect of basically deciding what happened in the past to help you in the future or the present yeah, yeah. that's cool and, yeah. and i'm i'm also kind of liking the idea that you know, at at one stage, you can actually play around with the the elf getting back to, that, to their, their world, their home world, mm-hmm. um, in which you know only fifteen minutes, twenty minutes have actually passed. Oh god, okay. they've, grown, they've aged like a hundred years yeah. or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, that could be cool. Well, maybe that's like, like the, the climax or the not the climax, but like what's the the denouement, the denouement den- after the climax, where it's sort of yeah wrapping it up in a way, yeah. Ooh, I'm kind. I'm kind of liking. Um, what I've got in my head is like one one of the characters that you've become real real good friends with. You know, you sort of take them to to visit your world to find out that time hasn't really gone very fast here, and so you try to get the you try to get that character back, but you know it's like now 500 years in the future or something like that. Right? Yeah, that could be cool. And kind kind of like a an end of um what was it Evil Dead Three Army of Darkness where Ash accidentally oversleeps and ends up in, in right. the far future. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I, that could almost be a sequel. Um, yeah. Like, if you finish this game with the whole story, you know, the whole story of the circus stuff happening, and then, yeah, you make it back to your realm at the end, and then the next could be about, yeah, messing around with that time stuff with the different t- time moving at different speeds and yeah. and what the results and, and are. And the fact that there's magic in the other world, so then maybe there's something they can do to reverse that time. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah no, I really like I really like that idea with the different time periods and telling a story in that way. Yeah. Cool. I thought you might. Yeah. All right. Well that was that was fun. We had uh, some really cool narrative stuff this week, I feel like. And there was some cool gameplay stuff in there as well. There was some good gameplay stuff too, for sure. All Not right. all narrative. Yeah. So anyway, uh yeah, that's that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us on Bitstorm. If you want to find us online listen to any more of our episodes go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm everything is up there uh, including you know you can check out other podcasts we may have guested on uh definitely check out the 8-bit network as well and there is a uh there is a segue there because there is a new podcast coming on coming on that network no, uh, no it's already out it's already the out first episode's out i think yes uh yes because in recording time it comes out tomorrow, but right. in release time it comes. It came out like two weeks ago. <laughs> of course, yes. Uh, um, so check that out. What's it called again? The comedy the rewind comedy rewind. Yes, John O'Pair. He is uh, having guests on to watch and discuss. Maybe on 90s, next week's episode, actually, nineties movies. Yes, and we are going to be on a episode. We are going to be on an episode either have been or will be. Quite soon yes. at the time of release. Episode three, Clerks. Yes. So check that out. Uh, and as I said, that's part of the 8-Bit Network, as are we. This is a group of podcasts, mostly about gaming, and we you know we help each other out. So go to 8bit.net, check them out, check out their Patreon, throw them some dollars. And, uh, that's patreon.com slash we are 8-Bit. There you go. We really want you to get onto the 8-Bit patreon because if they reach five hundred dollars they're going to throw a party at pax and we want to be there yes you so could be there too you could be there too just throw them some money 
Um, four hundred. Also, like you, not even four hundred dollars. There you go. Huh? It's four hundred now. Mm, currently, even better. No, no. Throw them five hundred bucks. <laughs> get it definitely happening, and then you'll be like super invited as like the biggest VIP guest. We'd also like you to check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Search for AGPN hashtag AGPN on Twitter, or search for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. Finally, we'd like to thank Kurdos for the song "Map Defiance" off of the album "Containment Failure." That's it. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Trevor, no, don't put that next to those other two things. Ah, they're gone. <laughs>